Gentlemen, we're here. Hello. We, we are back. I want to yell hockey, but I feel like I should yell football because the NFL's back. Shout out Mike and the Cowboys, by the way. That's a rough way to start the year. I'm really sorry about that, dude. You're not Even baseball's don't taking lie. a backseat. Don't, don't lie. You're not sorry. Well, you know. <laughs> not after not after not after our Don to Dubs experiences. You're not yeah, sorry. That's, <laughs> I feel bad for Dak Prescott. I feel bad for Dak, but you know what um, a name. It is a it is an interesting name, Dak. But I I don't know if it's short for anything. But you know, uh, but you know, we're here to talk about hockey because we're a hockey podcast. So let's talk about that hockey. I'm not gonna say do that hockey because that meme's kind of dead. I just bit my tongue by accident. That kind of hurt. Okay, uh, gentlemen. Personally, uh, nothing signals the start of the season better than the annual Habs golf tournament. It's always a big event. I remember a couple of years ago when Pacioretty came back for the, from like, uh, it was the summer. It was like, there was the trade request and it was that really awkward picture of him and uh, Mark Bergevin. It was like, oh gosh. And then he got traded and he got traded for the man who is now news of the day. The Habs have named Nick Suzuki, the 31st captain in franchise history at 23. Fun fact. Uh, Nick Suzuki is the youngest captain in Montreal Canadiens history, which is really weird to think. And this is per B slash R open ice uh, on Twitter. Nick Suzuki will be the second captain of Asian heritage in mm -hmm. the NHL after Paul Korea when he was the Ducks captain, fun fact. Uh, which Daniel? Yeah, yeah, I know because obviously big Ducks guy, big call Paul Korea guy for some of those reasons. So uh, apparently back at the draft, Marty St. Louis had went to Nick Suzuki to ask, are you ready for this? He took the summer to decide. We know he was in Montreal all year. Um, Brendan Gallagher and Joel Edmondson will be the alternates. Interesting that it looks like, like Paul Byron has lost his A. thought that was kind of noteworthy. Uh, Brendan Gallagher actually called Nick Suzuki the heartbeat of the team, which is something I think you could describe Brendan Gallagher as a couple of years ago. So a full circle moment there. We all kind of knew he was going to be the captain. It's still exciting times nonetheless, especially because there are certain markets where it's different to be the captain. And as we know, Montreal is one of them. Yeah, I think, as you said, like we, this was coming. It was just a matter of was it now or was it later? I, I think was the question. You know, obviously, we've had the we've had many discussions about this. And I think with Montreal in particular, and I know Joel Edmondson was brought up, um, you know, Brendan Gallagher was brought up as well, but I it was just Nick Suzuki. Like Nick Suzuki always felt like the right answer, especially if you're looking um to the future of this team. I don't think there's and with all due, like obviously with all due respect to everyone else on that team, I don't think there was anyone else you could look at and say he's the captain. To be fair, how many of the guys on the roster are gonna be here in three years? <laughs> what right. do you think? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Daniel. How do you like about it, young Nick? I know. Um, like you guys both mentioned, it was kind of something we saw coming, something that was going to be expected. But and I'm, I'm just going to be a fan here, but I didn't think I'd be this excited to see Nick Suzuki be the captain at 23. As someone that, you know, everyone is tweeting out with, you know, second Asian captain since Paul Korea. I think that's something that, we've mentioned as a plus despite what's going on with how we look at hockey culture right now. I think it's just a big thing for Asian fans, Asian Canadian fans to see that again. Um, long time coming. It's been, hasn't been like this since 2003. 
after Paul Korea left for Colorado. And it's like when I look at it at a managerial perspective or just an organizational one, it's uh, it's just like this consistency of Montreal just keeps getting W's in a way that they're making the right moves, in my opinion. They're doing what they need to do and they're just steering clear of what past decisions have looked like of not really knowing what they're going to do. I think Patrick Talon mentioned it where he said every single move, even if it was a big one, just felt like a lateral move. But I think now this is something that you do work for the future. You do work towards consistency, towards what you want to build for this team. Yeah, The thing with the golf tournament is everything gets dissected to it. Like there were articles written, especially by Eric Gangles, five storylines to keep an eye on. You know what? I mentioned that Pat Trady Bergevin thing is because the publicity means something in Montreal. Um, like today, something that was made very noteworthy was Kent Hughes, Marty St. Louis, and Jeff Gordon showed up together in the same car. You know what I mean? They come out, Martin St. Louis, like, hey guys, by the way, uh, new captain, come on out, lad. You know, come yeah, you know. It was sort of there was a point to it, everything was done on purpose. Um it sort of just shows sort of the unity, which is something they desperately certainly need in the organization. You talk about sort of doing things properly. Remember how there was always that sort of thing of, was it a player vote to make Patrick ready captain? And was it a good decision? Apparently they made it clear that the man, like management made the decision to make Suzuki captain and Edmondson and Gallagher get the A's. It just always felt very, sometimes like the team felt lost. And listen, this doesn't mean anything if, you know, development on the ice stuff doesn't really matter. But again, it's just sort of the way you look at the golf tournament. It's just sort of, it's different. It's very difficult to explain if, you know what, you're not familiar with the Montreal market. But also going back to what Daniel said, you know what, the Asian market is one, the NHL, like forget about how we try and get them to expand to Europe and that. Like the Asian market is one that they have almost ignored sometimes, it feels like. They had like, I think they had one overseas game where they had that weird thing with the mascot explaining rules, but then it's just sort of like non-existent. So having a franchise that's one of your bigger heavy, heavy hitters, having that sort of representation at the top of the lineup uh, can only be good for the game when you think about it. Um, so listen, I'm not saying they did it for that reason, obviously. I think like, again, you ask anyone in that law crew, it sounds like Nick Suzuki is the right guy to do it. Um, but listen, I could, we always be like, ah, so they're going to Switzerland. Nico Heischer's going there. If you wanted to do a game like that, for the love of God, you send the halves and Nick Suzuki can do some stuff there. Even, you know, obviously he grew up in Toronto and all that, but damn, that is something you can use. That is something that is good for the game. Yeah, it's it's a matter of if the NHL and co properly use it. I, like is the question, right? Like it's cool to, it's it's great to have and I and I fully agree. It's okay. And in in terms of promoting the game like you're talking about, now it's like the NHL and, and Montreal, I guess in particular and I think Montreal have done a fine job um in terms of you know reaching out to those communities i think is is the next step mm-hmm. i really like what you said there adam where the just i don't know it's just the way having someone like nick at the top of the lineup being the captain being that face there right now because this is something that's shown me too that 
the way the NHL has been, I think we talk about this, but we also talk about what happened also during the season and like in the off season about Jason Robertson and yeah. just that caliber of Asian player that we see in the NHL right now. And it's not just one of them, but I think the caliber shows with Nick as well is just, you know, the, the capacity he has to be both one of the best players on the team and also be the captain at such a young age. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially with the sort of pressure that comes with it in Montreal, it speaks about, like highly of what the players and what management think of him. And now ultimately it comes down to the team to help protect him. Um, obviously, because being that young and in this, you know, that hockey market, I know he said he spoke to Shea Weber, but they're going to need more of that. Uh, it was really funny. People were like, Vegas had been around for five years and they've had at one point three different Montreal Canadiens captains. <laughs> Which I was like, that's very true. That's very, very true. Also, you know what? I, I don't, I don't think people were massive fans of Patrick being captain. There was a certain portion of the fan base that never quite warmed to Shea Weber. So, and again, that next generation, the young guys, Nick Suzuki is sort of the guy that you can see being around for the long haul. Hopefully, I, a lifetime have, and hopefully, he has a seat for a long time. So. You really just surprised me with that. I didn't know there was a section of fans that didn't warm up to Shea Weber because I think it just, in my own perspective, from the Toronto perspective, I think it just, I assume like, you know, Canadian guy works hard on, you know, both ends of the ice, uh, stoic, but he's still able to speak to the locker room. So that's stoic. what I always thought. That's a oh. way to describe Shea Weber. Stoic. I like that. I like that. No, well, Gallagher said it today, right? It was a thing of like, I don't think there's a single player who's ever played with Shea Weber that hasn't said that he is a top quality leader. Like that was something as good. Shea Weber is arguably a Hall of Fame defenseman, but it's it's always been said that one of the things that stands out about him, you know, was his leadership. And again, like, listen, you go back to like his Nashville days, the mid 2010s, like Shea Weber was like unreal, right? But yeah, it's just the thing of, and listen, I think if you talk about like a lot of stuff like sports and TSN, they'll say nothing but great things about Shea Weber. It's just the French thing is always there. And one of the first questions that Nick Suzuki was asked was, you know, and he did the introduction in French. He did the right thing. Like Pacioretty did the same thing too. And he's like, yeah, I've done so I was doing some French lessons. I'll keep doing them and all that. And I think there was always that portion of the fan base that still kind of hangs on to PK. You know, again, it, it's, it's just, ooh. Goodness gracious, our fire alarm's going off. I think they're burning dinner downstairs. Um, Can you hear that? A little bit, not really. Just, yeah, a it's very bit? slight. Okay, I'm going to quickly try and do a transition and I can mute myself for a bit. Um, uh, So Jersey ads have been coming more and more apparent around the league, and it blew up today because uh, Montreal announced theirs. Uh, it's RBC. Uh, there is actually a bit of... There's a really interesting article talking about it. There's actually some charitable stuff that goes to do with it. Um, but people are not very happy. The alarm stops, so I can slow down a bit. Um, that the sacred crest, the jersey, especially Montreal's, has been sort of kissed by this very ugly and very obvious-looking sponsorship. We had it with helmets. Now we have it with jerseys. I'd like to get Alex's take on this first as the uh, primary soccer fan here. Okay. Like... Well, okay. Here's the way I look at it. Mm -hmm. ho ho 
and and I'm just listen. This is just the way I think about it. With all due respect to hockey, every other there's many more popular sports out there that do this, and like like the idea. So like th- this is the issue I have with when we're talking when we'd have this discussion is like everyone's like well if we have put one on that means we're going to end up like what happens in Europe in 10 years. That's not how this works. You like, do people, people do understand why Europe has jerseys like that. Right. That's because they don't make as much money as they, as they, we do in North America when it comes to hockey. Right. If you look at soccer jerseys, you have the one here on the front, every, the, one of the biggest, one of the most recognizable logos in the world. Let's go with Barcelona and Real Madrid. Have a logo right here, an ad right here, and maybe one here and one on the side, and that's it. Three at max. I I've maybe seen. It's I understand it, but the hockey jersey is no more sacred than football, basketball, soccer. Like list the jerseys, like with all due respect, like I get, I understand the upset, why people are upset, but the idea that it's going to turn into Europe in 10 years or in five years is that that's not going to happen because they're not in that situation. Like just sorry, backing up. So yeah, what's the, cause obviously a brand new Jersey, like retro versus we're at Mm -hmm. like $300 here. Yeah. What is the typical price for a soccer Jersey? Or soccer, uh, or football, whatever you would kind of say, a shirt or whatever. I mean, it, what were you saying? Obviously, we know the, the soccer leagues themselves make more money. The NHL's not. But I'm saying the European. The I'm the talking jersey. about the European okay. hockey leagues. The reason their jerseys look like the way they oh, do. Okay. I'd imagine one of the reasons they look like that is because they don't make nearly as much money as the NHL does. So they need to their main revenue comes from tickets. Like, you know how when yeah, the yeah, yeah. pandemic happened, we had the the discussion about how was the NHL going to recoup their ticketing money because that's mm-hmm. where most of their money comes from. Imagine that at a bigger scale. Okay, that, th- I, right, I thought that, you no, meant... No. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, sorry. So you're saying that Kachina be... saved the NHL during the COVID uh, lockdown. The retroverse Juicy Purple one did, Daniel. Okay, like I the... thought you you were talking about, like, the price of, like, a soccer jersey. But no, so you no. Meant, you meant the, 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 the overseas hockey teams. Yeah, okay, they have all... You know how yeah. they have all the ads on them, right? Yeah, it's you know awful. I, yeah. It's yeah, all... Yeah, no, no, it's awful. It's horrible. I 100% agree. Also, one thing that soccer teams do, or, like, that I hope the nhl also does is so yes there's the main ad here that goes across here that's their main jersey logo but you can there's patches that come on the side and you don't have to get the jersey with the with the ad that's on the side Mm -hmm. like so that's something the nhl could absolutely explore now are they going to do that i don't know but again okay do you guys have a massive like is it such a deterrent when it's on the ice, you know what I, I in my opinion, um, I know it's your team. Adam's gonna say it's but, gonna happen with but everyone. It's gonna the only yeah, yeah. the only um, team that's not doing it is the Oilers. It sounds yeah, like. yeah. Really? Um, for the, me, yeah. it's okay. I have another thing with the Oilers too. But um, the one thing I have is just I think I'm just not used to it, and 
I, I think I just kind of compared it to the Raptors jerseys because the Raptors have Sun Life Financial, mm-hmm. but it's like blended in with the red. But mm-hmm. with Montreal, like you just see that blue, like of the the background part sure. of RBC. I think for me, it's just so obvious that it's there that I would thought I thought they would kind of blended it in a way because like with the helmets, I know it's different with the helmets, but you know it's there, but it's not that obvious with the jersey one. It just it's there. The it's yellow like stitched in, in yeah. RBC really hits too. At least like yeah. the, there's blue on the Habs logo, but it's like that yellow really. That you know, I saw out. people made like a thing of like a white sort of outline on it that made it look less obvious. Um, you know, it's obviously you're going to notice it more than you see the helmet ads. Like 100%. you're going to like because the size is different. Listen, I hate it. I absolutely yeah. cannot stand it. I hate it. I, you know. Being Pretty a Habs big. fan, I am a sucker. Yeah, it just this looks bad. I am a sucker for tradition in that. I accept it's happening, but God, I hate it. I didn't like how Greg Grishinsky had that tweet of, you know, I don't like it. And then he was like, it was like, ah, oh, but you're at the Bell Center with the boards and sponsorships. I think it's very unfair to compare the name of an arena and the sponsorship boards to the jersey. I don't think that's completely fair to do. I get the point he was making. Um, again, yeah, it's not gonna stop me from watching, but I just, I just, it, it, it bothers me. But it's like I'm, I'm not gonna cry about but, it. But I there's don't def- like it, but whatever. Sorry. There's definitely no, hockey purists like out there. There's definitely hockey purists out there who do still complain about the boards. <laughs> Doesn't Brian Burke hate that? Like oh, he's I'm always sure. like leave the leave. He's always like leave it alone and that boards. I don't even. Maybe this is a sign. Board advertisements never really pop my attention anyway, unless they're like when Gay LaFleur passed away and they like customize them. Mm-hmm. But, you know, maybe it's going to be like that. It's just sort of like when you see the picture of like, or when the, when the captains today and you just see like the little RBC patch, it's like, God damn it, that looks awful. But again, <laughs> as long as they don't plop it on the jerseys they're selling, then that's fine. Like, you know, otherwise, you know, then yeah, who cares? It's just going to be, gonna a, be a bit more subtle with it. That's the thing. Yeah. I don't know if maybe it's a thing of maybe RBC are kind of like, no, we want it this way. But then if the Raptors can get away with it, you think the Habs could? I don't yeah. know. It's it's also weird how the jersey, like remember how with the helmet ads, it was like, so Toronto played Scotiabank Arena. Their helmet ad, Scotiabank, the Bell Center, Montreal, helmet ads, Bell. It's it's weird that they're actually doing some more. I'd like to know how much it is too. How much they've yeah. sort of agreed upon. That's, yeah. The Oilers are not doing it. That's, that's really that's weird. What I, that's yeah. what I so they they don't draw the line at Jake Vertanen, but oh, we can't touch. Oh, okay, that's gross. I don't. Wait, can... <laughs> you know what's the weird one for me? Remember, um, the well, they have it now, but the Bruins with TD. It's just so weird. There's green. I know it's it's yeah. We yeah. see everything else like, in black yeah. and yellow. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's just. Can, uh, yeah. But we can I just say it, the the Canadians played this perfectly, doing the oh, RBC so yeah. announcement oh, yeah, and so, Nick Suzuki on the same day, like just so clean it, was, it up. So I I had I had gone on my computer a few like bits after, so I'm like, yeah. oh okay. I I sorry I had seen the RBC stuff, so I'm like, okay, that's kind of lame. And then I like 30, 40 minutes later, I went back to my computer. I'm like, oh, oh, Suzuki. Oh, okay. Oh, they, yeah, they buried it really well. Yeah. They buried it. See, you can bury that instead of trying to bury Logan May, like they tried to do last year, free agency. Oh. <laughs> Thank God that Paul Wilson and Bergeron are now gone. But 
Um, yeah, Chantal Maccabee was like, you know what? This is we'll, 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 we'll try this in a less, you know, maniacal fashion here. Uh, but yeah, uh, so Jersey ads that isn't just a pure Montreal thing, that's just sort no. of a we thought it was relevant because it's sort of the big thing today. Um, and I think it's just kind of especially because it's the oldest logo in the league, you know what I mean? I understand it's again, I don't like it, but you know, it's. We all we knew we knew it had been coming. We know like it's no secret. For years yeah. we've been sort of told that the Jersey ads were coming. Uh, still unfortunate. Okay, so before we keep going, this is what the rest of the show is going to look like. Uh, we're going to talk about the Tim Stutzla extension. Um, we will be talking about the Canadian women winning gold at the Worlds. Uh, they just keep kicking the Americans' butt. The past year, I love it. Um, but we're gonna have to talk about some Hockey Canada stuff. Um, because they just love putting their foot in their mouths. Uh, we're gonna talk about the Leafs, aka with uh, the Zach Aston Reese PTO, which I really like actually. Uh, we're gonna talk about the has their goalie situation and Kirby Doc's extension. But before we get there, it is time for the two on one podcast. Preseason, far too early award show. Uh, it doesn't get the sort of big title that the annual award show of prestige and honor gets, but uh, we will be going over. We will each be giving our breakout star of the year, our Hart, Norris, Vesna, Calder, Coach of the Year, GM of the Year, and Cup winner. I just realized I just put Norris and I didn't do our normal Fulton Reed Norris no. thing. So we can just, that's that's on me. I forgot. But again, this that's isn't okay. the two on one podcast show of prestige and honor. This is just the two one podcast preseason too early award show. Exactly. Uh, gentlemen, how about we start with your breakout stars of the year? I know Alex and I both have a player from the Pacific. I don't know who it is. I think Daniel, just I have a feeling you also have a player for the Pacific. I have uh surprisingly, I don't. Oh but Do I, have, have I have I have one guy and two honorable mentions. Go okay. ahead then. I want to hear okay. your honorable mentions first. All right. Um, so I just really thought about it. I just wanted to look at age, wanted to look at who the player was. And I think the two, the th- I actually have three of them. So I think the one obvious one is going to be Tim Stutzla. I think that he's just going to take yeah. another step to being the elite center Ottawa has been craving for so long and will be a true number one, I think. So I think Josh Norris will be a solid number two eventually. My two honorable mentions and i think they're just two guys that we've been following for a while two guys that i think they've shown the potential already but they're still pretty young um it's nico hishier and dylan cousins whoa, whoa, whoa. so is stutzla your breakout and the other yeah. two are the okay okay yeah okay um mm-hmm. interesting interesting stutzla i was gonna go with stutzla but i'm like i think one of youtube was saying I'm sorry, and then she said he sure and who is the other one? Dylan Cousins. Dylan Cousins. I always think it's Cousins. It should be Cousins. The workhorse from Whitehorse. Mm-hmm. They call them. Oh, too bad they lost the Americans and like oh yeah, Jeffrey Seagrass and Cole Coffee. Yeah, Spencer Knight Yeah, not a scar off though. Kept dropping his goalie stick. <laughs> yeah, I don't um, know who liked that guy. Ray Ferraro was just uh, no, yeah, no, he, Daniel. He, he. <laughs> I'm gonna call you out here. So I was telling the guys earlier. I was listening back to one of our bizarre adventures, our Star Wars episode uh, three, Revenge of the Sith. And at the beginning of that episode, it's really funny. Alex is joking about like doing a redraft or something. I it might have been right after my jaw surgery. So I think I it was something you guys might have done when I was 
off for a few weeks. Okay. And then it was like, it was like, we have to, Daniel said, we got to do the redraft to see where the goalie goes. <laughs> referring to Yaroslav Askarov, who Daniel's a massive fan of. Uh, that guy, it was like two months of nothing but that. Uh, um, anyway, uh, Alex, who is your breakout star of the year? I, I have two of them, as I told you before the episode. Yes. Uh, I have, So I actually have Dylan Cousins, too. Um, okay. I, I think he's going to have a good year. In, and I think Buffalo's going to have a better year than they did last year. I still don't think they're a playoff team. Are you um, saying watch out for Buffalo? No, I'm not. No, no, I'm not saying what I think that the, I think, no, I'm not, I'm not doing that again. That's, that's an episode one thing. Okay. <laughs> I'm not going back that far. <laughs> um, I, I think they, they're, I don't think the thing is the East or the Atlantic story is so competitive especially like the top five teams that like, okay, Buffalo is better than Ottawa. They're I'm not better even than... comfortable. I think the only team I'm a hundred percent saying confident they're better than is Montreal. You don't think they're better than Detroit. I, I think Detroit are, you know what side thing? I think they're going to be slow getting out the gate. Cause there's a lot of new bodies mm-hmm. and chemistry takes a while. Yeah. So I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not, confident in saying it okay okay fair only because buffalo also have my calder vote so yeah okay okay so, so who's your who is your my other guy, other guy is uh he is in in the pacific okay it's not mason mctavish okay it's jamie drysdale okay all right okay I'm oh okay. i like that one. jamie drysdale okay mm-hmm. the ducks have a few guys that you could be like yeah that yeah. guy's pretty great <laughs> um my breakout player is quentin byfield um, ah, that's, that's a good, good one. one. Yeah, I did not think of that. I want him to be healthy. Uh, it's just he seems like the kind of big body the Kings want down the middle, and I just really, I, I that's a guy I'm really rooting for to succeed is Quentin Byfield. So, uh, you know what? I, I think everyone's looking for the Kings to take a big step next year, and he's obviously going to be a big part of that. Um, the Hart Trophy for the MVP, I have with Kale McCarr. It feels like he really propelled himself into okay. that conversation. I don't have him winning the Norris. You'll see why. Don't worry. How can but, he not? Okay, wait a second. How can he win see. the you'll heart see. but not the Norris? That, that you will see. You will see, Alex. It's but like the Shelly Atani argument right now. He has yeah. put himself into such a category right now. His confidence is going to be sky high. Um, so Kale McCarr, I think, is my right now is my heart trophy winner. Go ahead, Alex and Daniel. Um, I have, I, I went for the easy answer. Yep. Sorry. I have Connor McDavid. Like <laughs> he's just oh, the best player in the league. Really? Like, I, I, Never heard of him. No, I'm <laughs> listen. Sometimes you have to go for the easy answer. Don't want to piss people off. Um, Str- strong with the force. No, it's, honestly, I think he's just going to rip up the league next year. As he does every year. I wish. Okay. So I'm usually like being creative with this, but I also have Connor McDavid and I, I wanted to, not make it so obvious, but yeah, I had to pick him. Still going to be the best player. Like, you know, pending any other factors happening, he's still going to be that guy. He's stupid good. He's just yeah. so funny. It's funny to see what he does. I'm going to a, a back-to-back back-to-back games uh, in Montreal. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, you know, obviously you guys know I go to Montreal for games a lot, but this is the first time I'm doing back-to-back games. Okay. Uh, the Saturday is the Islanders, which is like Mm, but the Sunday Ooh. is the Oilers. Okay. There and uh, I don't know if I've ever been to a game against the Oilers. I think I have. 
But seeing this McDavid a couple of years later, I am very excited to see what he could possibly do. Hopefully it's Jake Allen and not Sam Mambo. And please, God, don't be Caden Primo. Um, but that should be fun. That should be fun. Uh, okay, the Norris Trophy. Daniel. So, no, Alex, you haven't been first. Alex, then me, then Daniel. Who's your Norris okay. Trophy winner? My Norris Trophy winner. Again, I feel like I'm going for the easy answer here. That's fair. I'm, I'm going to go with Kale McCarr. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't need to do. I need to explain myself. <laughs> I don't um, think I, I do. Kind of won a lot last year. Yeah. Adam, can I just go now? Because I also have Kale McCarr, and my uh, notes are just put because yeah. <laughs> yeah. <literally. laughs> That's what it is in my notes. Kale McCarr. I need to now understand why you have not Kale McCarr as winning the Norris, but the heart. Listen, a big change has happened with this other team. <laughs> The new GM. Ignore the fact that I say they would. They oh my god! In the oh my god! No! 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 The real, no, the, the no, real problem, child. San Jose is it. gone. Oh my god! <laughs> first power play, first ice time pairing. Eric Carlson oh. is gonna be back. If I keep saying it, <laughs> that leg, that ankle will magically repair itself. I miss Did- Brian. Eric Carlson is back, baby. He's going to win the Norris. I can this, only hope. This, or this he's going to have a great first. start, and yeah. then he'll break his ankle and be out for the rest of the mm. year again. Like, every single year, <laughs> just want Eric Carlson back. Th- this Eric might be the Carlson. first time a, a Norris winner finishes dead last in the division. Yeah, yeah. When I, when I, sort record. Of, I kind of did my Norris trophy first and meme, and then I realized, wait, I made Kale McCarr my MVP. I'm going to have to go with it. <laughs> okay. So you really think... Kale McCarr is actually going to win the Norris. Oh, of course. Yeah, no. Just to clear no, things up. Eric Carlson, though. Uh, I have to keep the meme alive. You do. Uh, yeah. Uh, Vesna Trophy winner. Uh, I ha- I think this guy is the clear third best goalie in the league, but I would gladly take him. And I think some of the additions they made, especially on the back end, I think that UC Soros okay. has a real chance to. I love UC Soros. I love him. I, I have him winning the Vesna. Now, there's three good answers we could all say here. Yeah. So I don't think there's a wrong answer. I'll just go now because I also have UC Soros and I wrote down the same things too. I said more to work with now. Defense is improved and I think they're going to have the momentum from last year. I'm going Wait, to- of getting swept? <laughs> no, of. of no, UC of Soros being believing a, again okay. that they could make the playoffs. <laughs> he, he was hurt. Because yeah, if, he, was, if he had played, he yeah. would have won, he would have stole a game or two. Yeah, Maybe. I think that's why I said Nashville and six. I'm like Soros, <laughs> yeah. and then he got hurt. Damn. Um, um, I, I'm gonna go with Andre Vasilevsky. What a surprise! I I, and I do have my pardon. You're shocked. I'm shocked. None of us said Shishkin. Mike's gonna be mad that we didn't go him. We didn't go left. <laughs> no, no, friend here for breakout star. He's gonna let me uh, let me explain. Let me explain. I got a reason because so yep. you can we can make the argument that. Tampa Bay's defense took a tiny step back, you know, losing McDonough and, and stuff, right? Yeah. We can say it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they still got the GOAT, Zach Bogosian. So it doesn't matter. Listen, they still got the GOAT, Zach Bogosian. It doesn't matter. It's all fine. But I think there's going to be a little more reliance on Andre Vasilevsky, and I think he's going to prove himself again, and then he's going to win the Vesna. Like, it's just easy. Here, any opposing team stop cheering top Bronx cheering Vasilevsky's he will eliminate <laughs> yeah Please yeah literally it. literally um that's fair I mean I still love the discussions everyone's like who's the best goalie in the league Shesterkin and then everyone forgets in the playoffs Shesterkin said 
No Vasilevsky. <laughs> yeah. Stop it. No, no, it's Andre Vasilevsky. Like I don't. Stop I'm not it. gonna. I'm not gonna hear anything else. I I do not care. He was sub 900 against the Leafs. It does not he, matter. Does not matter. It does not matter. Stop it. it does. Igor Shosturkin was the best goalie last year, right? I I said yep. we. I admitted that. Yeah. This is but your catchphrase. Yep. I, like I admitted that, mm-hmm. but Andre Vasilevsky is the best goalie in the league. Only because Price is retired now, of course. Uh, moving on. Uh, uh, I miss you, Carrie. Um, the Calder Trophy for Rookie of the Year. I have Owen Power. Okay. Very excited to see Owen Power play. Very excited. I haven't been this excited to watch the Sabres ever. And I can only imagine how Will Christophilus is thinking right now, my man. Yeah. Hope you're enjoying uh, Brilliant Diamond, by the way, if you got it. <laughs> I was talking to him the other day. Don't worry about it. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah. Daniel. I have uh Mason McTavish. Yeah, there he is. <laughs> um oh. what I wrote down, experience has his, he has experience everywhere and then some. He's skilled. He upped that physical side of his game to stay in the league. And um he's become a better skater since he got drafted. So gotta go with him. He has been all around. So what do you mean by experience? Just because obviously this is rookie of the year. Mm-hmm. You mean like high I, I think- level I think high level international and like just mm-hmm. the right place for him to develop. So the world juniors and yep. then we had the Olympics and then he also yeah. played in Europe. It's yeah. you know what's funny? I wonder if the docs are gonna send him for the other world juniors and he could win two gold medals in like six months. <laughs> That'd be, That'd be crazy. really funny. But then um, it's like yeah. at a time when no one like here's what I love about McTavish is he has a le- he has a Jordan Eberly moment with that save in overtime. Like yeah. I, I love it. He's a he'll be a household name. Go ahead, Alex. What's your call? I also have Mason McTavish. The disrespect <laughs> to the defenseman. Oh, man, the disrespect. Anyway, I I don't I'm not good with the Calder. Last year I got screwed by a certain coach with mine. So, uh, but Owen Power. Uh, it's going to be. I think it's going to be a good year for the Calder. There's some exciting mm-hmm. kids coming in. There's Very exciting kids coming in. Uh, coach of the year. Okay. I'm not going to lie to you guys. My GM and coach of the year are from the same team. Okay. So, you know, so I have DJ Smith because here's the thing. I was looking at who are the teams we're expecting to be bad that are going to prove us wrong. And I'm like, I don't know because the Flyers are not going to be good. And I refuse to believe they are. I'm like, the Sabres <laughs> are not going to, the, the Sabres aren't going to knock anyone out of the top of the Atlantic. Um, the Pacific, like if, if Vegas, you know what I mean? I'm trying to think of the criteria. So I'm just like, if the Suns can squeak in, mm-hmm. DJ Smith's a hockey guy that people seem to like, right? And so that also goes into my GM of the year is Pierre Dorian. And I do think Pierre Dorian deserves it because he has done some work. He has had he a has, good yes. summer. Mm-hmm. A good yes. summer. Yes. Do you want to just do both of them? or, or Yeah, go yeah. ahead. Okay. So. Yeah. As you know, it should be John Cooper, but it's obviously not going to be John Cooper. No. So I, I'm going to give it to John Hines. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, it is. It is. I um, had to think for a second. I'm like, Nashville? not New Jersey. Yeah. Yep, New Nashville. Nashville. <laughs> I think they got. Him. I think they got better. Um, and I also think like they're going to be a playoff team next year. I honestly think they can finish second in that division if they try hard enough. Um, above St. Louis, above Minnesota, mm-hmm. um, if they play well enough. Sorry, not try hard enough. I assume they're going to try if they play well enough. Um, and and I think that's going to get John. H- I think that could get John Hines a a uh, Jack Adams. 
Um, by the way, am I gonna do? Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. No, no. By the way, what? Nino Niederreiter, good Loki acquisition for them. By the way, I like it. I yeah. like it. Yeah. Um, I have Brad for Living as my GM of the year. By the way, but you're gonna yeah. you're gonna understand why. You're gonna understand why. Just wait. Just wait. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I was gonna say, are you, are you setting it up? I'm like, no, no, I'm, I'm at a clip here. here. <laughs> just, just put like our our no, thing from worry. with Will when we talked about the Flames. Oh, because no, they no, signed no. Michael Stone to a PT. I mean, oh, yeah, no, no, he's that's not it. That's not it. That's not it. Daniel, if, go, Daniel. If there go. are two. Oh, does it have to do with the tier list that we do every off season? Potentially, but potentially, but but you'll have to wait. Okay. Okay, I'm. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to tell you. That's called a tease. Just, Is it yeah, going to yeah. be on, on an episode coming up? Potentially, yeah. Okay. Um. Mm. Okay. Go ahead, Daniel. Coach All of right. the year and uh, GM. Um. Coach of the year. <laughs> I have Gerard Gallant. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, oh the Rangers God. are uh, getting the Detroit in the right Red Wings are gonna. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I actually think like the Rangers are on the up and up. Uh. I think he's going to be able to keep the momentum going from what they've been able to build. And for the way he's been able to really roll with a lot of young guys, and he's going to come in with a few new faces now, I think that he deserves it. Can you be nominated for the Jack Adams two years in a row? Is that allowed? Or has that ever been done? I feel Brindamore. I think Brindamore has had a streak of being nominated. Yeah, I think he won it twice in a row, which was like weird. Like, let's be Impossible. honest. If we were just saying coach of the year, it's between Brenda Moore, Cooper, uh, my guy Jared Badnar. Yeah. Like, there is a there is a small number of them that you can put in there, but obviously, yeah. coach of the year is a bit of a farce sometimes. So was GM of the year a lot too. Well, um, it's the yeah. it's this it's just three of the four teams who make it into the final four. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I forgot. I forgot how bad that is. Sorry, Daniel. Who was your GM of the year? My GM, and it's also Pierre Dorian. But the reason why I did is because the way he's been able to be aggressive but have good balance in his moves. I think there's a bit of a pattern I've seen here. Um, you know, I'm first going to use the Pittsburgh Penguins, and then maybe, I guess, to a much lesser extent now, the 2009 Chicago Blackhawks is when you realize the young talent you've already amassed there, that core you want to build there, you want to give them the support they need to compete. And I think that he did that at the right time for the team. So I think that is why I like it. And also just improving the overall culture and environment of the team. They have a lot of work to do there, but he had a great summer. Sorry, I was muted. I was blowing my nose. Uh, Yeah. I think if there are two competitors for champion of the offseason on our tier list, when we get there with Mike, it is coming. Uh, it's. I think it will be between Treliving and Dorian. Uh, I'm not, it's going to be close. And our final thing for today, who do you guys think is going to win the Stanley Cup? Alex, go ahead. You want me to go first? Yes. Okay. I think we're going to see something that see something happen next year that we haven't seen in a while. How long is a while? Twenty nine years, I think. Twenty nine. I, I don't know if oh, I. Oh, they're going to say since nineteen sixty seven. I was about uh, to say, no. I'm like, God, he- no. <laughs> when was the last time you've ever heard me say say that on that this podcast? Never. Twenty nine years. Thir- okay, maybe thirty years. I don't know if I can do math correctly. Think about it. Think about it. 
Do the do the math. Oh, I got it. <laughs> oh, mm-hmm. is this a last dance? No, this is the. We're gonna see a Canadian team win the Stanley Cup this year. Oh, okay. oh, oh. I said calculated thirty. I calculated exactly thirty years. Yeah, isn't that nineteen ninety three? Twenty twenty three. No, nineteen ninety-two would be the thirty year. Oh wait. No, okay, 90, never mind. No, never mind. No, Got it. No, Sorry, I calculate. I calculate ninety-two from twenty twenty two. Should have been okay, twenty fourteen, yeah. but you know. Then, like the Pittsburgh oh. Penguins are going to win again. No, the. Okay. Now you're going to understand why I gave my last okay. answer. Oh, I actually okay. have the Calgary oh. Flames winning the Stanley Cup this year. Uh, okay. okay, fair enough. It. Fair, I like that. Okay, yeah. as long as they don't play the Oilers and Markstrom falls mm-hmm. in, Listen, in himself. I like mean, they don't have out. Johnny Goudreau, so like, who's going to choke <laughs> in the playoffs, uh, right? Oh, Columbus. <laughs> they got Nazem Kadri. I mean, he yeah. might get suspended, but no, he probably I, won't. He said he's it. earned it. He's, he's earned, earned it. He's earned it. Mm. He's he has earned, earned the benefit of the doubt. He's he got it. He did it. Didn't get suspended, and they won. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, so, so as long as they he doesn't get suspended, they're gonna win. Is, there, is it is. The yeah. there it is. Uh, uh, Daniel, your cup winner. Mine is. I think the Avs are gonna repeat. Um, I love the core there. Everyone still in their prime or getting there. They've been able to replenish, to the most part, a lot of it. Um, a lot of the depth they did lose in free agency. And I think the biggest thing I had, and this was something I, I talked about last offseason, was the way the team's been able to come together around average to slight above average goaltending. I think that was the biggest thing that we had going for the Avs, and they were able to overcome it. So I think they're just going to run with it. I need to double check a nationality of a player. Otherwise, my point. God damn it, he's Czech. Okay, never mind. I was going to make a joke that if Gennady Dodonov is going to be the new version of Andre Palat and he's going to be the great thing in Tampa Bay, are going to go win a Stanley Cup. Um, because actually, right now, I don't trust the Avs. I think it's not being made enough that they haven't replaced Kadri yet. Um, listen, I, you I mean like Evan uh, Rodriguez. Was isn't enough? I, Why was that two million dollars? By the way, because he played with Sidney Crosby. At one point, because here's what happened. He scored all his goals when Crosby was hurt, actually. And then he just yeah. disappeared. It was like, oh, OK, which is still Pittsburgh Penguins. I don't know. But it was like last time I looked, it was like JT Gonfer, their second line center. They'll get someone probably in, by the deadline. Uh, would you like Christian Dvorak? Um, I was convinced they were going to trade for JT Miller. And then he, I think my, everyone then, thought yeah, he was like going to get was, traded, yeah. period. And then the yeah. Canucks. Um, and I, I don't trust Georgiev. Unless he's playing the Leafs. Um, I don't trust Georgiev or um, Pavel Francouz. I love, you guys know I love the abs. I just don't buy them repeating as it stands. We have a whole season to get through and they can add. Like, obviously, the way the Central is, I think they're going to walk to the playoffs. But it's just, um, I just think Tampa are... They're Tampa. I I don't want to bet against them. I I think they're, even without McDonough, um, you know... There are guys that they're just going to do it. They're going to go get some random guy at the deadline. He's going to work. It's just how Tampa just function. When Zach Bogosian's playing 22 minutes a night in the Stanley Cup final. It's disgusting. Who was the guy they got? Um, everyone thought they were going to buy him out because of the contract. And they uh, Philip him. Myers. Philip Myers is going to turn into like a deity on the right side. It's going to be like the second coming of Scott Island. It's just, it's just Tampa. I just, um, I have enough respect to them where I'm like, I believe in this room. And I really liked Pierre Edward Bellamar's interview with 32 Thoughts. Really, really liked the interview. 
and sort of hearing him talk about Tampa and that, and same with Victor Hedman. Um, and again, Victor Hedman's on that team. I like Victor Hedman. Um, there's just a lot to like about Tampa. It's I don't know how many more years they're going to be able to go. Yeah. Um, because like Stamkos is getting older, and not to mention you got to remember when players play as many deep playoff runs. You know what? It may be 20, but the body's a lot older. And eventually it's going to hit them. They're going to play all. Remember when Freeman was like, they're tired last year and they made it to the finals? <laughs> um, they're going to get tired eventually. I don't think it's this year, tired. but, you know, they're going to keep going. I'll and never I just, forgive them for that. Do you think Jonathan Tate is actually I, 43 no, years old? I, I will genuinely never forgive Elliot Freeman for saying Yo, they're tired. Daniel, Dan, by the way, Daniel just sort of said it. Um, Tampa gonna get uh, Patrick Kane probably. I knew you said oh, Tate, but they're gonna Lord. get Patrick Kane. Oh, I don't know how. Lord. It's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. Okay. Um, Who needs Phil Kessel get Patrick Kane? Uh, yeah. And then exactly there you go. Okay. Uh, the Sens. Back to them for for the bit. Enjoy award show. Can't wait to see how bad they all age. Uh, Tim Stutzel signs an extension with the Ottawa Senators. This was the big news of the week, but then the Habs happened, and I'm not giving the Sens the spotlight. Um. It's our podcast, and I see the Is that because the Sens fans and Hap fans have been going at it all week? <laughs> or does, I just don't why. I don't know why Sens so fans are trying to tweet about Hap fans begging it, for relevancy when their just, rank is in the middle of nowhere. The battle for just, to know. and it's like, I'm just I'm <laughs> so happy to be on the outside of it for once. I'm just like Sens fans are just like they they've had one good summer and they have all of a sudden turned into like monsters. <laughs> Do we have any yeah. sense fan like who like Mike. in our friend? Yeah, Mike. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I forgot, I forgot he's a sense fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On, on depending on the day. <laughs> uh, it's, it's just like simmer down, Ottawa. Like Ridley, I was reading a Corey Peraman article and he's like, maybe there could be a Nils Lundquist uh Ridley Grieg trade. Sense probably wouldn't do it, but talking about that, I'm like, if Sense fans see this, they're gonna riot because they think Ridley Grieg's the next Brad, Brad Marchand. It's like calm down. Just I lo- I felt bad for the Sens fans for a long time, and then the past summer they have just they have turned into the sickos meme that made them so lovable. They have they have lived long enough. They didn't die heroes. They have now became they've become the villains. That's what happens. What has happened to the Sens? Um, but anyway, um, they do do some nice business here. Uh, so next year is when Tim Stutzel's new extension kicks in with Ottawa. It's eight years. Very interesting that 32 Thoughts a few weeks ago had their interview with Tim Stutzel in Paris, and they asked him, it's like, any contract talks? He's like, uh, you know, not much, but I want to be here long-term. A few weeks later, eight years extension. It is a big AAV. Uh, it's $8.2 million. There's some spare change in there. We don't care about it. Um, 8.35. 8.35. 8. Hmm? 8. Oh, wait, what? what 8.35. I'm confused. Yeah, Kachuk's uh, 8.2 in spare change. 8. Oh, I wrote down the wrong. God damn it! I wrote down the wrong one, and I double checked all the contracts because I have a point about what I like what Dorian's done a little later. Anyway, it's eight million dollars in their stuff afterwards. Who cares? Um, Tim Stutzla. Uh, beside the diving, does have a bit of diving. Um, that's a there was wasn't he like was he second or third overall his draft year? Third, um, third, third, and after Quinn and Byfield, one of the best videos ever with him and uh, and the late Alex Trebek. Yeah, uh, yes. with that like great video, fantastic video, great way to be drafted. Um, you know, there's always a thing of you bet on potential. This is a big bet, but I personally like this bet more than Tate Thompson. 
no disrespect to Chase Thompson. Uh, and again, I can't stand the Sens and I can't stand Tim Stutzel a lot. But I, I kind of trust what I see with Tim Stutzel. Yeah, I'll I'll give the Sens praise on 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 this one for sure. You know, as soon as the um, contract was signed, everyone you know went went and compared it to what New Jersey did with Hishia and what and what they did with uh, Jack Hughes. And I think the uh, comparison with Jack Hughes is really good uh, in that it, it's a bet, right? And we're st- we're we saw it last year with Jack Hughes. Now, a man, I wish he was healthy because I'm sure he would have had a ridiculous season. Yeah. And if he's healthy this year, I'm sure he's going to have a ridiculous season, making that $8 million look more than fine. Mm-hmm. And and I think, you know, obviously, we, again, we have to remember he still has the extra year yeah. on his ELC. So he could absolutely be worth the $8 million by the end of the season. And it might take a year or two more who who knows but that's fine considering the position i think the send sends are in i i don't think it's crazy that it's going to take an extra year or two for him to be worth that money i, I think i'd rather overpay a young guy who's gonna get there than overpay uh overpay an aging star who might not be there in two or three years especially considering the position that the sends are in right now and considering he is transitioning to be a full-time center. Yes. It's very important. Go ahead, Dan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really like it. I think, uh, again, I've mentioned with Pierre Durian, creating a new environment for this team, I think it's just a huge switch from what we've seen now that you get these in-house guys, more or less. I'll consider Josh Norris an in-house guy. You know, he was traded when he was in the NCAA. And you you commit to them long term this is a start change from what we saw before with for example bringing in matthew shane or mark stone and then trading them for pennies on the dollar at the deadline because these guys didn't want to stay and then what we saw with eric carlson and for me i really think that this is just in the right in the right place right now because what alex said eight million dollars we don't know how well he's going to do next season. I think he's going to be a breakout star. And eventually, maybe, eventually, this will become one of the bargain deals that we see, especially when a lot of the top-tier centers are getting the $12 million plus eventually. Ahem. I'm going to steal the line here from one of my co-hosts here. Don't forget, in a few years, the cap is going Damn up it. tremendously. Damn it. So it, will be it will okay. be good. Um, here's what I really like more than just this deal. Uh, Pierre Dorian can resign Alex to bring cap. Ooh. Uh, so Tim Slutz, eight years starting next year. So technically including this season, nine seasons with the Suns. Josh Norris, eight years. Kachuk, six years left, as well as Thomas Shabbat. Um, the core has been locked up by Pierre Dorian. That's what I really like here. The core has at least six years together. Um, that's a, that's a group that's going to grow together. They already have started, but um, they're going to learn to win together. They're going to learn to lose together. Uh, that's a lesson, but that's not me just chirping the sands. We all know, we've all seen our teams lose, lose tragically, and you know the best athletes sort of come out of it for the better. Uh, I can't remember, who is it? Is it Nikki Lauda who said, you know, I learned a lot more in a loss than I did a win? Uh, that sounds like Nikki him. Lauda. Um, Definitely sounds right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Mercedes, but freaking somebody tell Ferrari you're supposed to learn from mistakes. By the way, um, thanks. I also uh, mentioned it too, like yeah. also having Claude Giroux 
to come in. I don't think yeah. you mentioned that. Is yeah. that, yeah, you're going to lose together, but you're not going to be without a leader. It's not going to be a bunch of young guys anymore. Just try to figure it out on their own. Listen, guys, uh, I lost in the cup final. I feel your pain. Um, But no, like, and not to mention, Giroux has a sort of learning the pressure. Didn't play for a Canadian team, but he played in Philly. <laughs> Like, that's got to be as close as, you know, I mean, we all know what Philly's like. Um, And yeah, he's called you. He's freaking nasty. I also like the state. He played when Paul Holmgren, remember, he kept doing those really crazy deals where it's like, oh, they weren't winning. Let's trade Jeff Carr and Mike Richards at the same time. And then Claude Drew's our number one center now after being the third line center. I was going to say the the Flyers doing something crazy and ridiculous moves. They're kind of questionable. That sounds like. <laughs> them like every that. year yeah. and he was a consistent yeah. guy you know he never said anything i hopefully like i don't think he said anything bad in the media um good Paul guy Drew. yeah say what you Pretty want solid. about the flyers but they are consistent uh as gordon ramsey would say consistently crap mm. you, you always <laughs> tortorella <laughs> there's something wrong with the room yeah. can't wait um you brought up pierre dorian's record there and i think Myself included, a lot of people give Pierre Dorian a lot of uh, crap for some of the moves that he makes. Mm-hmm. But I think if you really look at at some of those moves, like I think now if we revisit the Eric Carlson trade at the time, I think I I don't think it was looked at upon very well. No, for the senators, I, fair. Because at the time, oh, everyone thought that you know the Tim Stutzla pick. I remember everyone was trying to like, not everyone, but there were speculation, especially where the Sharks were at. You know, a year before that, uh, when they went to the conference finals, is that pick's going to be a low twenty pick, and then right. we don't like what is Josh Norris? Because I remember in the pre-drafts for twenty seventeen, um, he where he went, I believe he was ranked in the late 20s as well like early second round and the sharks kind of kind of re- like not a big reach but they kind of reached for him they you know what the sharks kind of need young talent you know what they kind of would probably need right now josh norris yeah <laughs> um, like, like pierre pierre dorian's been put in extremely tough situations on multiple yeah. occasions eric carlson mark stone uh mike hoffman Oh, Mike Hoffman <laughs> and Eric Carlson like, together yeah, like, hitting heads. Like I mean, I'm sure I'm I'm sure I'm missing. Uh, I, I'm sure Matt like Matt, Brian Dezingle. Like I, I'm sure I'm missing missing a few few names. And listen, dude's were, making some good moves. You just think you also wonder how much Melnick had to do when even in those few months. How much did McGuire have to say? Everything like again, you look at the Suns were such a laughing stock. Like, and I don't mean to dance on, you know, um, Eugene Melnick's graveyard, but the the famous Mark Borbietsky video, um, the Gosh. whole like, again that outdoor game against the Haz, where it was like he threatened to move the team. Um, I'm trying. There's one more thing. It's on the top of my mind. I'm really trying. Remember how he basically he it's really felt like Melnick was the one who chased Eric Carlson out of town. I remember there was thing of like the company card and like yelling in the locker room and. And there was a lot of bad blood there. There's something else I can't remember for the life of me. It was on the tip of my tongue to do with the Sens and Melnick. Remember, Pierre Dorian, Guy Boucher as our coach. Like a week later, Guy Boucher is gone. That did not feel like a Pierre Dorian move to me. So, you know, 
I remember at one point, I, a lot of the trades haven't aged well, but I remember when he was sort of making a lot of those moves, like when the Sens had traded off and traded Stone in the return of that. I wanted, I think I gave him my GM of the year one vocals. I'm like, these trades look great for the rebuild. And I mean, the rebuild is starting to, listen, some of those trades have worked, some of them have not. Um, it's funny, the ones you think didn't work have worked, and the ones you thought that were great, Eric Branstrom has not turned out very well. No. Um, you know, I know a lot of people go on about DJ Smith doesn't like him, but my God, at some point, you know, the guy. Thomas, Thomas either, Chabot is doing either, really well for yeah. some like, reason. Why is not Eric Branstrom? Like either play him or trade him. Like something's yeah. got to give. I Nils think. Lundqvist, just you have a problem spot. But you know what I mean? There's, you know, Dorian is such a like his history. He could write a book, I bet, about some of the stuff that has happened in Ottawa. Um, but like, good for him, and I'm happy for Sense fans. Are you um, are I, you happy for? Are you actually happy for Sense fans? For the good tell, ones. tell us how you feel. Not for those Sense fans. <laughs> Not for no. those, but for those. The one. Yeah. <laughs> how about <laughs> the ones who say that there's no patience? In no patience in Montreal. <laughs> Shout out to the athletic writers in Montreal just writing an article proving Mark Bergevin's thing of there's no patience in Montreal for a rebuild. And shout out to Jeff Molson today saying patience is a virtue in this city. We know that. And, you know, the GM today saying, yeah, we want to win, but not the cost of development. Literally, if you like, you clearly don't know this fan base today if you think there's no patience. Everyone wants them to lose this year. Shut up. Joel Edmondson. It's just Joel Someone Edmondson. with a letter was like, we want to win. And the whole fan base, 20 minutes later, Connor Bedard was trending on Twitter. You know why? Because we're like, no, Eddie, we want to lose. We want Bedard. Then you can be good. Shut up until then. But you got to fix you back. So we like you. But anyway, uh, shout out to Mike Matheson doing his freaking thing again. But he had Cole Caulfield. So we couldn't get mad at him this time. Um, about to cough. I'm going to mute myself. But first, um, Congratulations to the women's national team. Um, having a pretty good performance, beating the States in the gold medal game. You'll love to see it. Uh, I also want to give a shout out. Um, I forgot to do this. I can't remember if it was the normal war juniors or it was the women's one. I think it was the women's one. Shout out to Team Japan. I'm yeah. pretty sure they had beaten Finland in the shootout uh, to, I think it was avoid relegation. And their goalie was basically like, listen, even when I'm getting shelled, this is a great feeling and sort of great for, you know, like an experience for them. So I'm really like, I wanted to mention them. Um, and I want us to spend some time talking about the good before we get to the bad. Um, because my goodness, ah, the, the women are great, aren't they? She didn't have a goal, but she assisted on the game winning goal. Did you know, know the greatest women's player of all time, Mary Philippe Poulain. fight me, Haley Wickenheiser. Um, but yeah. Uh, tremendous performance from the women. I didn't catch all the game because uh, unfortunately it was my day off and I was getting some stuff done for the week, but I caught the second and third period. Um, and I'm happy. I love them. Sorry, mm-hmm. Hillary Knight. I love you too, but you know, go Canada. I love it. Exactly. No, I mean, uh, obviously always, anytime you can beat the, anytime you can beat the U.S. is always fun, mm-hmm. especially nowadays. Oh, I know. Just get him a a little angry. It was just so entertaining. Just for me, I I did watch the gold medal game and it was a really great game. It's just, I don't know. Like, it's just the momentum now, I think right now, or just the feeling of, you know, hockey. Like when you associate Hockey Canada with the summer, I know it was the women's team, but it's just, it was just hard to get into it. And I'm not just saying it's just 
just the women's game. It was everything. It was like the real juniors. It was this. It was just, it was just kind of, yeah, to me. It was just, okay, yeah, it happened. Not in a bad way, just kind of like I needed a bit of a reset before I could start watching Hockey Canada games again. And I know that's going to lead up to our next point. Well, because here's the problem. The women's team, the Canadian one, has had such successful year and have like won every major tournament. I think it was like what the U18s, they won gold, obviously Olympic gold, this world golds. I think I'm forgetting one more, um, but they have won everything this year. But the problem is, obviously, we know the names involved in Hockey Canada. Um, I don't always I don't know all their faces. So I'm watching the gold medals being given out. I'm like, yeah, suck it. We got the gold medals. I didn't realize until like 20 minutes after everything. Um, Anthems are done. You love to see it. Blair Turnbull gets a medal without having to be on the stretcher. You love to see it. This is great. Um, And then I see on Twitter that giving out the gold medals was Scott Smith, who, of course, is a big member of Hockey Canada. The CEO. Uh, the CEO. Who's been around for 20 years. And, you know, is seems to be one of the guys that people want out and is not going out. Traveled to, I think it was in Denmark? Or I think part of the tournament was in Denmark, but flew overseas to be there. And, and in front of the camera, the biggest hockey event going right now, because the regular season, the NHL is yet to start. Training camps hadn't even started yet. We didn't even know rookie camp rosters yet. It was all there. The cameras were there. And he decided to be there and present. Now, we have been critical of certain members of the national media. I'm not saying a lot, but on 32 Thoughts, Elliot Friedman, I thought, had a, a lot of good stuff to say about this. And a big point he made was sort of how selfish it was of Scott Smith. I have never seen a better example in my life of someone either being selfish or so damn emotionally sort of bankrupt. It's to the level of when Gary Bettman and Bill Daly had their ties undone, leaning back in their chairs when they had the media availability about everything going on with Kyle Beach. Mm-hmm. That's what it sort of resonated, but it was sort of like, like, what did you think was going to happen? What thought it was a good idea for you to go there and hand out those medals? What made you think it was a good idea for you to be present in front of the camera? When, like, if you've ever seen a medal ceremony, people, how it works is obviously the camera doesn't move with the players coming down the line. It is a set angle on the people handing them out. So, you saw more in that medal ceremony of Scott Smith than you did of any player on that team. How asinine can one person be? Well, the 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 not it's not even funny. The ridiculous part of all of this to me is before the tournament, did they not say they weren't playing for Hockey Canada? They were playing for Canada. The woman said yeah. this. So what was the thought process? Like, there's so many things where it's like, I, I don't want to say remove the the scandal because remove the investigation and everything that's going on because like it's obviously part of this, but it doesn't even have to be this particular thing. It could be anything else going on. What is the thought process on saying, you know, I, I think we need to take a step back. We're getting highly criticized. It's like they the under there to me, what's it what's crazy, the craziest part of all this to me is 
for the first time in like years, I've seen members of all three major political parties in this country federally agree on something. You know how nuts that like, yeah, like you you know how nuts that is to see as a twenty twenty one year old to see that for the first time in years federally there there's all this agreement on that maybe you did something wrong, mm. and this and it's like they don't understand just because you went through whatever you went through with Parliament that one time or two times doesn't clean clean anything up. This is still going on. There's a lack of self awareness. And there's a lack of just understanding of if you're Scott Smith or if you're the PR team or whoever's whoever's idea this was, was there not a thought going across your head saying, you know, couldn't we get literally any other woman's hockey uh, star, Haley Wickenheiser? Angela James like I'm sure I'm missing many that could could have done this instead of him it yeah. to me this was like an absolute F you to everybody to me because it's like there's this lack of understanding of yes we get it the board the the board of hockey Canada who I'm who's the same crap as before said that they want to keep you on mm-hmm not all publicity is good publicity. Who, Let's who put probably, it like that. Who like, probably I don't know what they, helped? Sorry, go ahead, Dan. No, I just kind of felt like, what were they trying to prove with that? Like, in a way, like, I kind of felt that for what was going on, the board just, they weren't paying attention to how grave this was, how how this is something where it's like, you know, listen, we have to tread lightly with this because in a way, it, it really did show like what you guys mentioned, like it took away from what was supposed to be a celebration there. I, you know, to the thing of the board, by the way, who do you think helps either appoint those, but I'm not sure if it's an election thing or it's an appointment thing, but like, let's not forget how inbred hockey can be and sort of, you know, uh, just how certain people it's like when somebody gets elected and it's like i need to fill out my cabinet or whatever it's sort of the people who helped you get there you know what i mean and somebody instead of somebody being fired they get moved to a different position uh something like that like you know it happens even politics it happens with how microsoft there was a guy who like was famously in charge of the first part of developing halo infinite it was a crapshoot they didn't fire him he moved to a different department um so you know saying a board kind of wants to keep you on. Well, I wonder how exactly they got to that point in the position, how you got to that position, how they got to the position. Cause I'm sure you were patting each other on the back to get there. A little scratch my back. I'll scratch yours type thing. Um, now going back to it, like, I just think, I wonder if it's them trying to send a message. We're not going anywhere, which is just even worse. If that's just my own sort of idea. If it is, it's just, <sighs> Like, Arrogant didn't even begin to describe it. Like, it had nothing to do with you, that tournament. Like, absolutely nothing. And though all I could think of afterwards was, like, those idiots. And, like, I, I hate... Because the thing the women have been through the past couple of years with the game and sort of, you know, like... <laughs> like, remember there was that, that fiasco of the vaccination stuff in the Olympics yeah. and they played a game against Russia with masks on and it's just sort of... And the grind of sort of being in, I'm pretty sure they were in a bubble of some kind. Um, 
And just to think their moment just got kind of spoiled like that, that just grinds my gear so much. I, I just, I don't get how, I don't get how they're still in the position of power. It's like, I want to say, hell, at least the Blackhawks got rid of all their guys, but then you remember how Rocky Ward sort of reacted to that yeah. famous town hall in Chicago, and it, it almost reminds you of that when he's like, we're not going to talk about Kyle Beach. You don't get it, Rocky. Then sort of, it's like here, it's like, Scott Smith, you do not get it, do you? Uh, it's it's either it's arrogance, it's either stupidity, it's just sort of, there's so many things you can look at, it, but it's just, it just makes your head spin looking at, like, what are you thinking? What's the matter with you? It's just, there's just some of the stuff you think about. Um, anything else you guys want to add on here? Um, I mean, like, I do this every time we talk, and mm-hmm. I'm really glad that, not that they listen to me, but I'm glad that what I'm the point I was been trying to get across has now come true in that when there are updates, it's not just Rick West had talking about it. Mm-hmm. that was a, like, that was obviously a serious problem two years ago or a year ago, a uh, year and a half ago. And we, we did uh, talk about Kyle beach and the updates on that, where it was just Rick Westhead, And then it was just a retweet and yep. like, sorry, like you got to do your job like this. Uh, I, like you got to do your job here. Um, and again, like they're doing it. Like I'm not, I'm not criticizing at this point. I'm yeah. just keep doing it. Like, yeah. Frank Saravalli had some, some good mm-hmm. tweets. Yeah. Um, anything else? Okay, perfect. Uh, to move on here, we just got a bit of quick little tiny business we can talk about. First off, uh, the Leafs have a PTO coming that I really like here. Uh, it's Zach Aston Reese. Like, I, I'm shocked that didn't have a contract here. But I'm just yeah. wondering here, lads, um, starting with you here, Alex. We sort of looked at his advanced numbers and we kind of thought, is this kind of another version of David Kempf? Feels like if there's anything you're going to get from Zach Aston Reese, it's going to be good, responsibly defensive and all that. Or defensively responsible, I should say. Mm-hmm. And how does that sort of fit into the bottom six identity the Leafs should be seem to be going here? Or well, is he just another body they're going to, you know, the Leafs always do? I mean, that's potentially an option, and I guess I'm going to, for the sake of this conversation, I'm not going to look at it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if you looked at what the Leafs did with their third line last year, and I think that was something that Sheldon Keefe has constantly been looking for um, as as coach of the Leafs. Like, you know, he always tried to move Zach Hyman down to the third line, not because he didn't like Zach Hyman, uh, because he wanted to have a defensively responsible third line. And they had that last year with Engvall, Mikheyev, and David Kampf. Now you still have Engvall and um, Kampf. Now you need to replace something that Mikheyev, like you have to replace Mikheyev. Um, and you can potentially do that with someone like Zach Aston Reese. And again, another guy who can play on both wings, like uh, same as Ilya Mikheyev, and except he doesn't make four million dollars. So like, that's that's the plus side here. Like I I think let's say Zach Aston Reese does end up signing with the Leafs, it it's not a complete. I wouldn't be surprised if that third line is like that. Um, I actually thought maybe Yarncrook would be on the third line like i'm just slotting it out through my head um but now let's say they go with this go through this route again like that second line left wing or second line winger because i know nylander or, or whoever goes back and forth is still up in the air i 
wouldn't be surprised if a guy like Callie Yarncrook gets a chance on that second line. Like, I think that's just going to be the miss. That second line winger is just going to be a mystery for the entire season or until, unless they make a, another move. Before I throw it to Daniel. Yeah. When is Alex Kerfoot a UFA? After um, this year? This Yeah, after this year. And he makes $750,000. What Alex Kerfoot? Yeah, in base salary. Just, oh, salary. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cap hit. Yeah, cap hit three when and a half. Did that happened. Cap hit okay. three and a okay. half. Space Just because I'm, I'm, I'm looking about where's Kerf and this is the, yeah. I think I'm talking about the guy who's like, are we trading him? Um, yeah, Daniel Zach Aston Reese. Um, I actually always really liked him when he came out of the NCAA, signed with Pittsburgh. Um, very solid depth guy that will play the penalty kill for you. I was actually surprised Anaheim, a team where I think they just needed to add guys and have some responsibility there, especially in the bottom lines, would have kept him after the Ricard Raquel trade. Mm-hmm. But he is a guy that, you know, I think is a sneaky good signing for the Leafs, at least for a PTO at this point. He is someone who's going to play in the bottom six. Solid guy. Um, at this point, we already know what we're going to get with him. So I think it's just another Caldubis thing where you're going to increase the depth. And what Alex said about that second line uh, left wing, you're just going to see a carousel again of to see what fits. Maybe we'll see another deadline deal potentially. We don't know. But at this point, starting the season, it is going to be a bit of a carousel. And, you know, it's just more good thing. There's nothing bad with this. So that's the way I see it. You want a goal scorer? Don't say Mike Hoffman. I'm oh, no, I was going to say if Dodonov. Oh, like Mike Hoffman no, no, retains twice. You've got to need Dodonov. You've got to need Dodonov. One okay. year. What would you want in return? Uh, uh, picks. <laughs> picks for how this. How about year. Alex Kerfoot? No. no well, fine. then how would you want this money to work, man? <laughs> uh, uh, that's a good question. That's good. We retain half and then we figure it out afterwards. Justin Hall. Okay, then what's coming our way? <laughs> I need something else to help that happen. Um, I like Zach Astor. He's the sort of like, I'm pretty sure he was a guy that like they trusted last minute sort of hold the lead type guy in his Pittsburgh days. I, I remember he had, a, I think he has a big concussion. I don't want to say it was Tom Wilson who gave it to him, but it's like whenever the Caps and Pens play, there's always a guess about who probably throws that big a hit. But um, I've always liked Zach Aston Reese too. He's always like a like nice depth guy that it feels like a championship team has available down there in their toolkit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and they can, have a couple guys like that, exactly. like other than Zach Aston Reese. It's, uh, it's, it's so Leafs. It's just we got all these guys. We'll see what works. We see what doesn't. Literally. Um, by the way, can can the Leafs and Sandine pick this up? So we can do our line projections and everything, please. Like you, we're waiting on you. Honestly, no, I think stuff. we can make the line projections without Rasmus Sandy. I'd like to mention. Sorry, we didn't I get to talk say. about this a few weeks ago. But remember when CP twenty four took uh, got that? Uh, they they looked at a fake tweet about uh, Sandy going for Niels Hoglander. Was the Hoglander? Oh, that was yeah. Uh, and then CP twenty four didn't like. I didn't think they didn't catch it for a while, and uh, everybody was boy. screenshotting it. <laughs> That's tough. It, it's like when the Abs broadcast uh, thought that the Leafs had gotten Jeff Petrie, and it was like, oh, no, no. Brutal, brutal. 
Oh, that was t- yeah, Sandine. Hurry but, up. Yeah, we can make that. We can make that. Those line projections without Sandine, to be honest. Well, I can do it right to, now. We got right. twenty five days now. We got twenty five days to figure that out. Save <laughs> that for another episode, Alex. Please. Okay. Uh, Kirby Doc, four year extension with the Habs because of injury problems uh, and his games played stuff. He'll still be an RFA at the end of the deal. Uh, the AAV is three point three million dollars and some spare change. It's just a bunch of crap afterwards. Um. So what's interesting about this, and the guys at the Athletic pointed it out on the Sport Athletic, uh, in four years, I think it's Gallagher has a year left, Anderson will have a year left, and all the guys like Savard and Price, all their deals are going to be up. So if Kirby Doc does play to the potential and he sort of turns into the player everyone wants him to be, um, the money will be there at the end of it. And even if he doesn't work out, the Habs bad rebuilding, they had to get money after like this offseason. I think it's a pretty safe bet to make. And it's, you know what I like about this, that Bergevin used to do all the time, but, but Kent Hughes has done it with a young player is um, Mark Bergevin had this sort of, he loved his three or four year deals, giving players middling players like $3 million, five. No, no. Hoffman has like four. Here's no, here's what they are. Ben Chirot had $3.5 million. Mm -hmm. David Savard makes in the $3 million Mm -hmm. range. Joel Edmondson makes around the $3 million range. I don't have cat friendly up right now, by the way. I remember this. Um, Paul Byron got his in like the $3 million range, like four years instantly turned into dust. Joel Armia's in the $3 million range, like three years left turned into dust the moment he sent it. He loved giving those older players that type of deal. But I like the bet with young Kirby Doc. Tell me where you've uh, heard this before. Let's say it doesn't work out in two years. $3 million in cap is going to be nothing. Yeah, because the cap's going to go up. It's going up. <laughs> Tell me where you've heard that before. But hey, I I, I, I like it. And I like how the uh, he, he's an RFA at the end of it. I really like that. Yeah, no, it's a good deal on a player who there's a lot more upside than there is downside, I think, at at, at this point. Oh, yeah. Um, it's interesting to see what he's going to be like under Marty St. Louis. You know what I mean? It's still so funny to me that every time there's a player coming in, it's like, listen, Marty's going to figure you out. God help me. We saw it was good with Marty, but if, if, like, if Marty gets to a point where they have to fire him, what are they going to do? Like, I'm like, you haven't... I just... You better hope Rod Brindamore is done in Carolina because, like, right. these motivators. Listen, he fixed Cole. We like him, but I'm just. I always think about that in the back of my mind. Um, and then to finish off the show, we can have a quick discussion on goaltending in Montreal. Kane Primo gets a three-year extension, just under a million dollars. It's one way. Okay. If anyone out there is confused <sighs> about contracts, please follow Cat Friendly on Twitter, and they will make sure you understand. Kane Primo is waiver exempt for a year or 56 more games. So he will start in Laval. It'll Sorry, be 50, out in Mambo. 56 more NHL games played or 56? They didn't clarify. They just said games. Oh, okay. So Dang. I'm good. It's a, so it's that or a year. So that's how it works. So basically the way that is, we know Carey Price is now done. Mm-hmm. Um, Kevin Weeks sort of said that. Jake Allen, the Habs are talking extension, talking extension, and at the golf tournament today, he said there are like Allen said they've talked, but we're still in early sort of stages here. Um, it seems to be 
the way it looks to me at least is and Mambo, I think got a year or two. I can't quite remember off the top of my uh, head. He'll be a UFA at the end of next season. So he has so, two years. So at the end of next year? So twenty twenty four? Yeah. What do you guys make of that? So you try and keep Allen because you don't want to give Primo the reins right away because he hasn't proven it yet. Mm-hmm. And they don't really have anyone else in the system. How weird is this? This is the first time since 2000, like even before Price, they had Huey. When was the last time we said the Canadians don't have a good goaltender in the system? Oh, oh that's not like, what I thought. That's not what I lifetime? thought you were going to say. I, I didn't know. It has been because Jose Theodore, Jeff Hackett, and then... Wilson Thibault, and then Patrick Waugh. So what what were you going to say? Uh, so predates us. I, I thought you were going to say uh, this is the first time we're starting a season on the podcast and Michael McNiven's not on the roster. Oh, I was going to mention oh, him, yeah. Just, <laughs> OHL goalie of the year. Um, uh, but, what do I, what do we make of this? So yeah, what, what do we, how do we see it sort of shaping out? Because Mambo's got the extra year. They can always just wave him, but at least it seems to be me to me that there is a path where Caden Primo, if he plays well enough, excuse me, that he can at least have the backup job by the end of the year if he plays well enough. He could do and, spot starts, I think. Yeah. I think they're gonna just gonna go with what they have, and then if he's playing well, Moval maybe every ten games give him one or two, and then set him down. Like I, I think there's nothing wrong with listen like. Sam Monbo was fine last year. Monbo. But again, like if you lose Sam Monbo on waivers, are you are you devastated? No. no. Okay, but then it's like a thing of if he hits waivers, mm-hmm. you have to be a hundred percent sure right. that, that right. so so that's that's like, the thing. If you're a hundred percent sure about Caden Primo, then it's fine. Like losing Sam Monbo is not the end of the world. Mm-hmm. Um but again, you have to be sure. But I feel like the Canadians can be in a position where they can have three goalies. I think they have so many rookies. Or unless I'm, or have they have multiple guys who are waiver exempt? Where it's like, okay, we're like literally like half the league does nowadays, where they send a guy down for a couple of days, bring another guy up, and then voila, magic. Those weird like cap moves. It's. Yeah. The Habs paper moves are going to be fascinating because of the way their cap is. Like it's just every move is going to be like, how is this working because of of prices LTIR? Right. But like I got to think now, like now, obviously you know figuring out the start of the year and like figuring out what they're doing with Slavkovsky and that. I got to think re-signing Allen has got to be priority number one. I know it's always the thing of trading him and what you can get for the value, but. Like they legit do not have anyone. They like maybe people like guys like Dobbs or or a ditch or a Dichau and that, but like you gotta be careful with goalies too. They can yeah, always take longer than you think, right? I I just I really sit there and wonder like is Ken Hughes's thing right now not to be like I know everyone's saying coffee, I still can't see that getting done unless it's like halfway through the season. Because how the hell do you negotiate based on last year? I, I believe that all year. I know how you can do that. So I got to think that Jake Allen's got to be priority number one right now. Now that they know price is done. Or, yeah, and yeah. like, I, I mean, I, I can't. Yeah, he's priority number one. I just can't see how big of a contract it's going to be. I don't think it's going to be 
crazy different than what he's making now or has made in the past. Because what was he making in in St. Louis? Four million dollars? Yeah, in his first year it was four, and then they gave him the extension to like right. before he played the game for like two. It was like around two million. <laughs> so I can't be- I can't expect it go goes more than four. And even that, I think, would be a bit much. But I think you could swallow yeah. four million dollars because of how the goalie market is shaped out. It was like four million dollars seemed to have been a lot. Yeah, that gets yeah. you. Uh, who signed for four million dollars? What did uh, Billy Huso sign? There's Lincoln's. I think was around there. Was Billy like Huso. I think was uh, three. what was Billy Huso? Uh, he's like- at four point seven five. Close okay. enough. Yeah. That gets you Alex Nedeljkovic in a bit. Who's at three? Um, who is at three? Is Carter Hart at three? Yeah, but he's young. He's, he's weird. But yeah, player. I don't imagine it's a rich contract. And even if it is, it doesn't start till next year. And again, they have cap relief next year, finally. And you know, it doesn't matter if he's then bad and he starts to fall off because the Canadians will be bad. Yeah. So exactly. you know. also, he's earned a good contract. Like, yeah, yeah. I, like Jake Allen has done everything he's needed to and more since being Canadian. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. He's been through... This is already... Think of it like this. This is his third coach in Montreal. <laughs> Who? So Claude Julien, Dom Ducharme... Marty. And Marty. Marty it's Marty. his second year. How? No, no. It's, no, his, it's, third. Third. it's, his, it's third. his third. It's his third. It's his third. I forgot last season happened. This yeah. is going to be his... like. First normal season as a hab because last year was still kind of yucky. And it's his third coach. I know with goalies, it's a little different, but it's just like the stuff of Price getting hurt and the uncertainty and that the Stefan Weight getting fired. Yeah. And then he was just kind of like, yeah, whatever. Like he's just been so chill as a hab. Like I love Jake Allen because he's also, it's like, it was so nice having a good backup goaltender for Price, even though it was like five years too late. But like Jake Allen deserves it, man. I'd be happy if they brought him back. Um, but that's everything for today, I think. Um, unless something is broken. It's like, ah, oh, McDavid's an oiler. Well, he's an oiler. And McDavid so, got traded to LA woo, for $10 million. Um, Mario McSorley is also involved in the con in the thing. A uh, few draft picks. Uh, he told Moose he wouldn't cry. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. I didn't even mean to say LA. That just sort of leaked out. I didn't. I just went with the Gretzky thing. Um, thank you for listening. Uh, episode name is just going to be Captain. Yeah. yeah. And then just a picture of Suzuki. And then it's Do you know, would you take a guess that I already made made the graphic. Take a guess at what picture I used. Please tell me you didn't use the one with the RBC logo on oh, it. Oh, no, no. Oh, no. God, no. The one of him as a kid. Oh, in the little jersey? Yeah. That's good. That's good. I like that. I like that. Um. Yeah. Thank you for listening, though. Uh, check out all the links in the description, stuff like YouTube, TikTok, and all that. Uh, Facebook, even though we don't really use it. Uh, it's a meme. It's a meme. And uh, we're still one a week. Um, we're finalizing dates with Mike. Do we know 100% if it's next week? Do we, like, Maybe do we we'll figure week? it out. We'll, we'll figure, figure, it, yeah. figure it out. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, we'll see. Next week, I may have my eyes dilated if we're doing a Monday again. No, a Tuesday if we do Tuesday. It's going to be wild. I'm having an eye exam done. Um, okay, okay. That could. I mean, you don't have to see. Just... just- We'll cue you in. God, one of you will just have to do the sorting. It's like, yeah. Um, we'll yeah, do like Seattle. a beep thing. So like when it's your turn to to talk. I'm just sitting there <laughs> trying to hit unmute again. It's like, I can't. I can't do oh, it. Oh, man.
Oh god, yeah, that's that's unfortunate. Um that's hilarious. All right. Um yeah, thank you for listening. And uh we'll see you next time. Uh Eric Carlson is back. <laughs>